1: Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. Have you ever asked yourself the question, who is Jesus or what does it mean to be saved? How about questions like, what is eternity? Or is there a real God and where is he when I'm really suffering? These are just some of the topics we explore every day on this program. In these challenging times, we believe that God's word is the source to all our answers. So if you can, get out your Bibles. And let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message for us today.
2: And so inside your bulletin, there's an outline. I want to speak to you today on this subject of standing in reverence. Standing in holiness. Our text is Exodus 3, verses 1 through 5. Our story centers around a man by the name of Moses. Everybody say Moses. Moses who will become eventually the liberator of Israel from the hand of the Egyptians. I want to give you the crib notes on Moses because his story is so long in the Bible. So this is as short as I can make this. The first 40 years of his life, he lives as Egyptian royalty. The second 40 years of his life, he lives as a shepherd... Uh, under the household of Jethro, who's his father-in-law, taking care of Jethro's sheep. And then the final 40 years of his life, he leads the Exodus and guides Israel for 40 years in the wilderness towards the promised land. Moses' life is 120 years long. You can divide it into thirds. The first third, he lives in luxury, The middle third, he lives in obscurity. And in our text, in Exodus chapter 3, he's 80 years old. Most of us, when we turn 80, we will be fully retired. Can someone say amen? But at age 80, God calls him to lead the nation of Israel for the next 40 years of his life. Don't ever think that God can't use you. Amen. You should come on, come on, come on. So let's read these five verses and we're going to talk about some things that we need to know. Verse one. Now, Moses, everybody say his name again. He was tending the flock Of Jethro, his father-in-law, who was a priest for Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the what? Of the desert. And came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Verse 2. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw That though though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. Verse 3. So Moses thought, I think I'm going to go over and check this out. Why does this bush not burn up? Verse 4. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, Here I am. And here's verse 5, which is our key verse. God says, Do not come any closer. Take off your sandals. For the place where you're standing Is holy ground. Oh, I want you to write this down. What we see here is a theophany. Everybody say theophany. A theophany is an appearance of God. God is a spirit. A theophany is an appearance of the Lord in the physical world. An actual appearance of God. And that's what the story of the burning bush is all about it's a thorn bush that's all it is a shrub one of among thousands in the desert in an area where moses would have led and fed his flocks many times and moses had seen as he walked he saw the shrub i have a video that you can kind of see here on the big screen and i'm i'm sure you know this if he's been a shepherd for 40 years He has seen many of these shrubs over the course of these four decades. And one day, as he's out, he looks over, he sees the strangest sight he's ever seen in his life. There's a bush that's on fire, but he notices it's not being consumed. There's a book called Experiencing God. It's a classic. And it was written by a man by the name of Henry Blackaby. If you've never read it, you need to get the book Experiencing God and read that book on the cover everybody say covered on the cover of that book experiencing god they have an artist rendition not a photograph it's an artist rendition of what the artist as he viewed what moses might have looked like all right now this is not moses it's just what the artist thought he could look like but i'm always amazed at how artists have this ability in a painting to draw out the emotion in a painting it's it really is a gift amen and as you look at this picture of Moses, this, this drawing, you can see the flame is like on one, one side of his face is kind of lit up. And he's like, he's like looking over there like, what is that? And he's looking at the shrub that's on fire and he's thinking to himself, and you can see it in his face. That's the strangest thing I've ever seen. And you can also see in his face in this drawing He's thinking, I don't know if I should go check that out or not. But as the story goes, Moses goes over to the fire. He sees this bush with the fire from within, but it's not being consumed. And as he walks over there, he hears this voice. Do not come any closer. Take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Today, I want to look at this fire within this blackberry thorn shrub. And this statement, take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Because if there was no fire that day, then that ground around there is just normal ground. And if there is no fire that day, that shrub is just a normal shrub. But that's not the case because there is a fire, there is a flame, there is a presence. So point number one, write this down. With God's fire, the shrub becomes God's dwelling place. It becomes God's dwelling place now moses had seen many shrubs and bushes over his 40 years of being a shepherd he had also seen many fires because they had lightning strikes back in those days they had brush fires back in those days they had fire to cook their food back in those days but what he had never seen and what he had never experienced was a bush that was on fire that was not being consumed That's what made this shrub different. This theophany, write this down, this fire was God himself. God was inhabiting the bush to talk to Moses. It was a dwelling place of God for this moment. Now, before there was a temple with the Holy of Holies where God resided... There was a tabernacle where God resided. And before the tabernacle where God resided was a thorn bush where God resided, which means that God can show up wherever He wants to show up. I want you to write this down. God can dwell wherever He wants to dwell. Why? He can dwell in the heavenlies surrounded by angels, or He can dwell in the holy of holies on the temple mount or he can dwell in a shrub at the base of a mountain or he can dwell within your heart in your life and that's his real mission and his real purpose god desires to take residence inside of you god didn't send his son jesus into the world to die on a cross so he could come and dwell inside a structure or inside of a building or even in a bush the reason god sent jesus into the world is so that god could put his spirit inside of you and inside of me ephesians 2:22 and 1st corinthians 6:19 tells us that our physical bodies are temples where god's presence dwell within us the spirit of god symbolized by fire it purifies our hearts and our lives via the holy spirit it doesn't necessarily consume us but what it does is it transforms us which is point number two write this down with god's fire this shrub this bush becomes a place of purity becomes a place of transformation that's why he said take off your sandals this ground that you're here is holy ground Now, I want you to say Luke 12. Say it again. One more time. I just want you to write it down. I'm not going to show it to you. Just write down Luke 12, verse 49. It's something that Jesus said. I'm not sure you've even ever read it in your Bible. You say, oh, pastor, I've heard everything Jesus has. Well, I don't know if you've actually ever heard what Jesus said in Luke 12. I gave you that reference just so you can look it up. Jesus said these words. This is Jesus in Luke 12, 49. Jesus said, I have come to bring fire. You say, I don't remember that in the Bible. Read Luke 12, 49. It says, I have come to bring fire on this earth. Jesus said that. And what he was saying is, I've come to cast into this dirty, rotten, broken earth the very fiery presence of a living god that's why jesus came now moses walks over to this flame this bush that's on fire but not being consumed and he hears a voice moses 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 says here i am god says take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground this is a lesson of a lifetime and that lesson is that god is a holy god And God wants to impress upon Moses that from the very beginning of this journey where I'm going to call you to lead the nation of Israel, there can be no compromising. Moses, I'm calling you to lead your countrymen. And these people have been living in an alien society. Many of them have been infiltrated by the multi-God culture of Egypt. And God wanted Moses to know And he tells Moses that wherever I am, there's to be reverence and holiness and godliness. Write this down. When God dwells within us via the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit fire of God purges anything that is unclean. God speaks to us in various ways. He can speak to us in the fire. He speaks to us in suffering. God speaks to us through creation. He speaks to us via the Holy Spirit. He speaks to us through godly counsel. Yes, He speaks to us through our trials. But I want you to know that God also speaks to us through His Word. And whenever God is communicating to us, He's trying to purify us. He's trying to sanctify us. He's trying to purge away any and all sins that we may be entangled with. Write this down. The intention... His intention is to make us pure like Jesus, shaping our lives to be like His. Romans 8 12 says, Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation. Everybody say, an obligation. Yes, we have an obligation, but it is not, we are not obligated to the sinful nature to live according to it. Verse 13 says, For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will, you'll live. Any and all sin is destructive. But listening and following God and the Spirit of God is life. Colossians 3, 5 says, put to death. Everybody say, put to death. Kill, kill, therefore, Whatever belongs to your earthly nature, it lists them sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. Verse 7 y- You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Verse 9 Do not lie to each other since you've taken off your old self with its practices and you've put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge and in the image of your Creator. We are to take on His image. We were created in that image. 1 Peter 1, verse 15 and 16 says, Just as He who called you is holy, so you be holy in all that you do. For it is written, Be holy, because I am holy. And again, how do we know what we should be doing and what we shouldn't be doing? It's this book. you got to read this book. It's like a mirror. You read it and you go, oh, i got to fix this. I need to clean this up. George Barna did a survey recently, just like we're doing a survey. He did a survey, and the statistics are startling. And what came of the survey, and he does these all the time, but the latest survey, this is like where our country is as a whole, that the vast majority of Americans today No longer have a biblical worldview. We as Americans in our country, just about everything we believe goes contrary to the Word of God. For example, karma. If I ask you how many of you believe in karma, most of you would raise your hand. Karma is an Eastern religion. Karma basically says God's not involved in anything in your life, you just kind of get what you deserve. That's not biblical. Yes, we reap what we sow. But God is involved in that. Not just happen chance. What you do it comes back at you. Whether it's in this lifetime or the next. It doesn't even make sense. Another thing that people believe is that all faiths have equal value. That it doesn't really matter what you Christians can believe what you want. But I believe this. And as long as you have some faith, any kind of faith works. As long as you have some kind of faith. That's not biblical. Here's what. Not just America believes. This is what most Christians believe today. That sexual relationships outside of marriage is morally acceptable. Most people believe that there's no such thing as absolute truth. About 7 out of 10 people in America believe that moral truth is determined by you, that you get to decide it's whatever you think is right whatever you think is wrong is right and wrong we no longer identify the bible as the primary source for moral guidance in america today there's a box in your outline i want you to write this down and you're going to get sick and tired of hearing me say this in the next 12 months i just want you to know this is the first you're going to hear it many times are you ready whenever you read the bible And you come across something you don't believe in. You're going, I don't believe that. (laughs) Write this down. I want you to assume that you are wrong. (laughs) We read the Bible and we assume, well, this must be wrong. Because I'm right. I determine what's morally right and wrong. No, 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 no. I want to say this one more time, just in this sermon. As you're reading through the Word of God, God's Word, assume that the Scriptures are right and that your opinions are wrong. There's the scene in 1956, the epic movie uh, produced by Cecil B. DeMille called The Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston, who played the part of Moses. And it's the scene right after Moses has seen the, the, the fiery bush that is not being consumed. And he's, he turns and he's walking back to his wife. In the movie, it's this beautiful woman. Her name is Zipporah. And Zipporah there is watching Moses. He's just returned from seeing the burning bush. And as she looks at him, she can hardly recognize him because his appearance has changed. He, he's, he's not the same man as he was before he talked with god he's not the same man that he was before he experienced god now his hair has turned colors his face is like glowing his countenance is brighter and it was cecil b DeMille's way of showing that moses's life had been transformed by the presence of god and likewise when you and i encounter god and we truly have an encounter where we experience god in our lives our lives are never the same and just like the fire illuminated from the shrub god's fire illuminates from us second corinthians 7 1 says since we have these promises let us purify ourselves now look at these words pay attention to every single word let us purify ourselves From everything that contaminates both the body and the spirit. Perfecting holiness out of what? Reverence for Christ. Are you a Christ follower? Do you believe in Jesus? Take off your sandals. For the ground in which you stand is holy ground. Because wherever God's presence is, He transforms everything. Do you think Moses, after he sees this, he's like, what is that? He goes over and he hears the voice and he experiences God. Do you think that when he returns back to Jethro and to Zipporah that he goes to the cabinet and finds drugs and alcohol and says, I need drugs and alcohol right now. Do you think that happened? No. Do you think he engaged in anything or went to any place that did not honor God? No, of course not. Because the Bible says, let us purify ourselves from anything, from everything that contaminates both the body and the spirit. Perfecting holiness out of reverence. And number three, write this down. With God's fire, the thorn bush. Oh, stay with me, stay with me, stay with me. It becomes an everlasting witness. Witness. The story of Moses' encounter with the burning bush is one that has been shared for 3,500 years and it's still being shared today. We're looking at it today. From vacation Bible schools to uh, Bible college and seminaries, churches like our church today, this story has stood the test of time.
1: It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. Four seven seven seven. That number again is 888-818-4777 We have operators standing by and ready to take your call You can also support us by going to our website liftupjesus.com forward slash reach That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach If you're like me you've discovered there are some books in the Bible that are not always easy to navigate through Like, for instance, the book of Proverbs. Proverbs contains 31 chapters and can be very daunting to go through if you are looking for a specific topic. That's why Pastor Dudley has created the perfect resource to help you with the book of Proverbs. It's called Proverbs in a Haystack, and it is our special offer for everyone listening today. Proverbs in a Haystack removes the challenge of searching through the book of Proverbs. It has over 2,000 topics that easily cross-reference to the exact chapter and verse you are looking for. This invaluable resource can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus Radio Ministry. You can receive your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack by calling us at 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We know you will be blessed by this unique resource created exclusively by Pastor Dudley. So be sure to call right now and ask for your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack today.
3: Calling all men. Join us at Shepherd Church for the last men's breakfast of the year. On August 12th, join us to break bread with your fellow brothers in Christ. Don't miss out on this fun and powerful morning filled with worship, fellowship, and teaching. You just bring your Bible and a Buddy and we'll bring the breakfast burritos. That's right. We're going to be serving free breakfast burritos provided by Big Arts Catering beginning at 7 a.m. to tantalize your taste buds and kickstart your day. But friends, it's not about the food. This isn't your average breakfast, guys. It's an amazing experience filled with vibrant conversations, music, laughter, and real talk with real men. So mark your calendars and join us at the Real Talk Men's Breakfast Saturday, August 12th at Shepherd Church in Porter Ranch. Register today by visiting shepherdchurch.com and clicking on the Real Talk Men's Breakfast button. Again, that's shepherdchurch.com and don't forget to click on the Real Talk Men's Breakfast. We'll see you soon. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join
1: us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.